0: Rise on the It's butt whipping time It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer And broadcast school is really paid off Talking everything sports From the preps
1: Brumbaugh heat check three it looks good it is good Nine points for Brady Brumbaugh He's getting hot The pros. Oscars come after him, block the ball. It's
0: picked up by Hartzog. Malcolm racing to the 15 10 5 touchdown, Nebraska. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. That's a base hit to left field. Royals take the lead.
1: Velasquez goes to third. MJ is in there at second base with an RBI double. He swings away.
2: Julio
0: with an absolute nuke out to left field. He has given the Mariners an eighth inning lead on a colossal blast. And with that...
1: Tommy Pham
0: hits a fly ball deep to left center. And it's out of here. Continues with Kelly in motion. Thompson Robinson firing open man down the left side and it's complete inside the Eagles 20. Wide a- open. And it's a touchdown. Brady Russell came wide open. McKee finds it for a 22-yard score.
1: Happy Friday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz. Broadcasting on 1025 Rock, the Rocking M app nwksradio.net thank you so much for tuning in on a warm warm friday expected for today temperatures expected to reach triple digits if not that upper 90s for sure but it's a very warm hot day and a hot weekend and really the next hot seven to ten days to be honest we look at the temperatures it's going to be about 95 at probably best case scenario and up uh, for the next few days but so glad you're with us on the morning blitz as always if you'd like to be a part of the program we'd love to hear from you throughout the show using our text line the number 785-899-2222 chances to win for the kansas lottery once again i've got a couple more tickets to give away if you want to win day of the dead instant tickets you can text in the word dead throughout the show first texters to text me we'll get the tickets I've got about two or three left. So, once again, if you want to be a winner from the Kansas Lottery and a winner of the Day of the Dead tickets, uh, you just need to text the word dead throughout the show 785 899 2222 to be a winner from the Kansas Lottery here on this Friday, August the 18th. Two weeks away from the opening of the uh, high school football season, really. Um, you know, a little less than, we're. I would say we're less than two weeks away from the, col- Or sorry, we're less than, what, it's eight days away from the college football season getting underway uh, with the week zero matchups on the 26th. Uh, I know Nebraska football plays August 31st. We're less than two weeks away from that. We're getting into the thick time of stuff, uh, which is great to see. Because you can kind of tell that we're getting to that point where we need something else to start up in the sports world. Well, th- this is what I do as part of my living every night you know when i when the get the kids in bed you know i'll sit down with my laptop and i start putting together stuff for today's show you know i usually have a guest lined up but then i start piecing together stuff for today's show and if there are days and there are days especially in the summertime you're where you sit there and you're like well, what are we gonna talk about tomorrow there are days where you're driving up to the studio on the morning of you're like well what are we going to talk about today It's just the way it is. You just don't know. And you can honestly go through the headlines of The Athletic, CBS Sports, ESPN, wherever you'd like to go, and you can look at the headlines and be like, does that topic really matter a whole lot? I mean, even the national sports people are reaching for stuff right now, reaching for stuff, Uh, as we sit here on this Friday. So we are needing the next week to get by so we can get into college football. You know, it'll help, of course. We had some little preseason football yesterday, an 18-18 tie between the Eagles and the Browns. <laughs> but, you know, it's preseason football. And really the only takeaway that I take, took away from any of that preseason game last night is the fact I think the Browns might have a quarterback. And it's not Deshaun Watson. I think they might have a quarterback by the name of Dorian Thompson Robinson. He looks really good playing for the Browns. He's had another solid output. Now, once again... I'm not going to sit here and annoy him he's going to beat out Deshaun Watson. There's no way that's happening. Unless Deshaun Watson gets in trouble again, which I wouldn't put it past him to be completely honest with you. But unless Deshaun Watson gets in trouble again or does something to avoid this massive contract that he has signed, you remember he's got, what, 200-and-some-odd million dollars all guaranteed with Cleveland for how many years? And this next year is going to be his first year playing an entire season. He only played, what, six games last year, I think? But Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who may not even be the number two starter when it's all said and done this year, but DTR, 13-25, 164 yards. No touchdowns, but no picks. He's got good mobility. You know, I, I like what I see. He looked good in the Hall of Fame game. He looked good last night against the Eagles in what was once again an 18-18 tie. I think they might have something. You know the the Cleveland Browns for forever, as long as I can remember, have tried to go out and draft a quarterback to be their franchise quarterback. Like you know they've tried. You know it's one of those deals like where you're looking. You want you want a new job. You want a new job or you you want something uh, in life so badly, but no matter what you do, you can't get it. You can't have it. Um, you know, I'll just use the job. So, you know, you you want a new job. You you want to leave your career that you're on now. You want a new job. You want to do something. And as soon as you kind of just give up on the thought of, well, I guess it's never going to happen. guess I'll just be here forever or whatever. This is the way it's going to be. Boom. That's when it happens. And it feels like that's what's happening in Cleveland. They've, you know, they've wanted, they've wanted a rookie quarterback. They've wanted someone like that forever, forever and forever. Then they go out and they spend a whole bunch of money on a troublemaking quarterback who might be good, might not. We don't know. And then they might actually go out and just walk into a pretty darn good quarterback in the fifth or sixth round of the draft this last year in Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie out of UCLA. It's kind of funny. Once again, I'm putting a whole lot of expectations on a guy that's played two preseason games and hasn't started even one game in the NFL. I get it. But he looks good. He looks good. He looks competent. And so I got to give a lot of credit there uh, to to Dorian Thompson Robinson and the luckiness of the Cleveland Browns and and to a little bit of the unluckiness as well. (laughs) Because honestly, this whole deal with with Deshaun Watson, it could be a whole lot of problems and limited success. It really could be a whole lot of problems and limited success. And by a whole lot of problems, I mean off the field. So we'll see out. But yesterday, the preseason got underway. Or sorry, the preseason week two got underway. Eagles and Browns. Uh, More games tonight in that uh, when you get to the NFL preseason, we've got, uh, see, tonight you've got Panthers, Giants, Bengals, Falcons, and then Saturday's when the Chiefs and the Broncos play. Chiefs play the Cardinals. Broncos play the 49ers uh, in the NFL preseason. Uh, So, Cardinals-Chiefs, we saw the Broncos take on the Cardinals already once. Um, so we kind of know what to expect from the Cardinals. You know, I Once again, it's the preseason. You know, you might see the number ones maybe get another series or two at most in the second game. And that's about it. And they'll probably shut it down. I don't know what they'll do in the third preseason game. We'll see. I'm, I'm still trying to get a feel for preseason games. And how coaches want to handle their rosters. You know, I've said it before. It used to be, you know, they played four preseason games. The first one, you never saw starters. The second one, you saw a few, you know, you saw starters for maybe a series. The third one, you maybe got a quarter out of the starting unit. Maybe a quarter out of it. Then it was done. And then the fourth preseason game, maybe a quarter out of the starters. Some of them you didn't even see. You know, and and you were, and that was it. So I, I haven't really figured out the how coaches, and maybe they haven't even haven't figured out themselves how you go about putting yourself in a good position to have success. Um, in the preseason, and how you how you manage that roster. So. But you've got Chiefs, Cardinals, Broncos get the 49ers. Uh, those are coming up Saturday night, seven o'clock Central Time. Kick between Chiefs and Cardinals, which you can listen to on 100 Point Through the Ride, our sister station, and then right here on 102.5 U Rock Broncos, 49ers. That's at 6:30 Mountain Time with the kickoff. Uh, Dave Logan and crew will have coverage there from Santa Clara. Both the Broncos and the Chiefs on the road, by the way, in the preseason. So, but this begins the yesterday began the day of what five straight days of football. You've got Thursday. Friday, Saturday, you've got a game on Sunday, Chargers and Saints, and then you've even got a Monday night game, Commanders and Ravens, which I saw news this morning that Washington Commanders have found their starting quarterback, at least for the first few weeks, uh, and that is going to be former North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell has won the starting job there at the Commanders. I'll be interested to watch the Commanders a little bit this year. If I'm being honest, I'll be a little intrigued because they got a new quarterback in Sam Howell. How will he look? And maybe the bigger storyline is... Eric Bieniemy, you know, being the, the, the O.C. there. Can he have this? Can he find similar type success? And by success, it's measured differently. Like, I, I'm not saying the commander's going to go out there and win double-digit games this year because they have, they have such an explosive offense. I, I'm not expecting that. But Bieniemy, you know, has ridden the coattails one would think of Patrick Mahomes and the help of Andy Reid. Now you're off on your own underneath a good coach in Ron Rivera. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to be the offensive coordinator for this team with a rookie quarterback, or not a rookie, but a first-year quarterback, first-year starting quarterback, and Sam Howell. How does that look? Does it look good? Does the enemy, you know, does he does he look like he's competent without the best quarterback in the game running the plays and, and, and having you know the best tight end in the game on the same offense? I'll be intrigued to follow that along when it comes to that. So there you go, some NFL thoughts. Speaking of the NFL, our good friend Jesse Newell is going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star going to hop on and join the program, and we will uh, visit with him about the Kansas City Chiefs and what he's seen from week one to week two in the preseason, what changes, things like that. Uh, we'll talk some more with him. So look forward to having Jesse Newell on the program. He's our guest here on this Friday, which also today, by the way, marks the first day of local sports kind of returning. Uh, there is some high school jamborees that get going today. I know Goodland and Colby, I believe, are competing in a jamboree at Norton tonight. So you get one week of practice, then you get to get into the jamboree. I, which I don't have a problem with this. You know, the I think is I don't know if this is the first year they're doing volleyball jamborees. I could be wrong. It might be the second year, but you know, football the jamboree is kind of a it's the thing that's now probably happened. This is probably the fourth year of it, third or fourth year of doing high school football jamborees. You know, three or four teams coming together at a site and you know running some plays against each other. So you have your drink scrimmage, then you have your jamboree. And that's all coming up a week from from today will be the high school football jamborees. But the high school volleyball jamborees are going on, some of them today. I believe high school volleyball jamboree at Norton with Goodland and Colby and Norton. And I'm sure there's another team there. I'm not for sure. But they're going to get a chance to see where they stand after really a, a week of practice. And then they've got some time to iron out a few kinks before they have their first matches coming up here next week. That's usually kind of when the some of the volleyball seasons get going, you know, around the 23rd, 24th, 25th. So, we got some local sports training day and also Colby Community College uh soft or sorry, softball. I'm still in spring sports. Volleyball begins their season today. Uh, they will be at the Southeast Invite that happens where I'm close to, only about 45 minutes away to an hour. Beatrice, Nebraska is where the Southeast Invite takes place. That's where Colby Community College will be. They'll be taking on Coffeeville and Western Iowa Tech with matches today. And then another doubleheader tomorrow versus Kansas City, Kansas, KCK. And then the host school, Southeast Community College, there out of Beatrice in Nebraska. So four matches two on Friday, two on Saturday for the Colby Community College volleyball squad as they begin their 2023 campaign. Good luck to them and former Goodland Cowgirl Emma Lehman, uh, one of the returning players from last year's squad in her last year there with the Lady Trojans. So good luck to them. Good luck to Coach Jones as they begin their 2023 volleyball season. So there you go. And one more thing before we get out of here. This was probably the most interesting thing that caught me. Like I said, sometimes you don't know what you're going to talk about and you just start rambling on about random topics. And one other thing that stood out to me was that the Athletic puts out a daily kind of a newsletter type deal and I really like it I think it's very very good it's short and sweet and just talks about the highlighting points of the day once again they were reaching for things to talk about and honestly the thing they went to was excuse me that one thing that they went to was major league baseball is 120 games in 120 games in in major league baseball we still have uh you know about 42 games left Still have about 40 games left, a whole month and 10 days really left to get the the rest of the season in. But for the most part, teams are 120 games in. And it was interesting to see about the playoff picture and where did teams stand. And so just as an update here, because I guarantee you when we get into football season, it won't even really matter. You know, we may mention it once or twice about, oh, look who's going to make the postseason or who's locked a spot up, which no one has yet to lock a spot up yet, but one's got to think that the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be the first two teams to lock up a postseason spot. The Dodgers have won 11 in a row. Remember the Dodgers, how much they struggled out of the gate? Yeah, they found it here as of late. Uh, They've really found it here as of late. 74 and 46, winners of 11 in a row. They're absolutely dominating everybody that they face. And so the Dodgers are sitting in a great spot in the NL West. The Braves have been dominant all year long, 78 and 42. They have won three in a row and are 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're dominating. Those two teams right there look to be on a collision course for the National League title, National League pennant. They, they look to be on a collision course for that. But there are, you know, and then in other divisions, there's still pretty good races. Baltimore's got a two-game lead on the Rays. The Twins, four-and-a-half lead game on the Guardians. That division's up for grabs. I think the Twins have got it, though. Uh, in the In the AL West, you've got the Rangers and the Astros, duking it out there at two and a half games, dividing them. The Mariners are just a little bit back at 6 games. They can make a stretch here. The Angels, unless they get on a heated heater, are going to be done, and it's, it's going to be sad news for the Angels. They're 12 and a half games back, and I don't think they're going to make that up, and because of that, it's going to be a hard few years ahead for the L.A. Angels because more than likely, they're going to lose Shohei Otani, and they traded away a whole bunch of prospects to bring in some other guys to try and make a run this year and it has not worked it hasn't gotten them to catch fire they're 62 and they're 60 and 62 excuse me and when you look at the wild card in the american league um they are quite always out here seven games back it's quite a stretch and really, the American League wild card, you know, you've got the Rays and the Astros leading that, and the Blue Jays are, are, the, are the other team to get to. You've got the Mariners at a half game back there, the Red Sox, three and a half games, the Yankees, six and a half games. They're not going to make the postseason. Red Sox probably won't make it. So the American League is kind of figured out. Rays, Astros, Blue Jays, maybe Mariners could be mixed in there in the wild card and you've got Orioles, Twins and Rangers leading the way there in the American League. The National League wild card is a fascinating picture. It really is. You've got the Philadelphia Phillies, the San Francisco Giants and the Chicago Cubs who have been playing really good as of late. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10. You've got those three teams right there all vying for spot. And then not only are the Cubs in the mix, the Marlins have this are 63 and 59. So are the Cincinnati Reds. And then you have my beloved Arizona Diamondbacks at 62 and 61, game back. You have got four teams jockeying for one spot, really. Four teams jockeying for one spot between the Cubs, the Marlins, Reds, and the Diamondbacks. The National League Wild Card race is going to get interesting. It really is. The Padres are on the outside, looking in at five games back. Going to be hard to catch that up, but maybe they've got they do still have some pretty talented guys there. Even though they had a fire sale, nonetheless, that that NL wild card race is going to be crazy to see how it finishes out here. Which teams can put it together and/or keep it together for the next forty games to put themselves in a spot to make the postseason? It's going to be very fascinating. So once again, I just thought that was an interesting thing that they were reaching out and talking about in the Athletic Daily sheet was about the the wild card races and where Major League Baseball stands with about forty games left. So. Like I said, first segment was kind of a hodgepodge of things going on, but honestly, if you go and look at the uh, headlines from around the sports world, everybody is reaching for something to talk about here today. They cannot wait until football season gets here, and college football season, luckily, just wonderful, wonderful, eight days away. Cannot wait till the 26th, and we kick off the college football season. Even if it is just, like, I don't even know what the schedule is. I'm going I'm to look up, what, what is the schedule for the 26th? What are the first games on the set? Oh, you've got Navy Notre Dame. That's the uh, the Aviva Classic over there in Dublin, Ireland. Okay, I'll be in on that. Let's see, what else? Uh, Well, USC plays. Yeah, there's not much. There's not much on that Saturday. There might be one or two games, but it doesn't matter. And By the way, you can't even watch USC because it's on the Pac-12 network. <laughs> can't even watch it. You just get San Diego State, Ohio. That might be all right. Well, it's going to be college football nonetheless, and that's a good thing. All right, we're right at uh, 728 in the Mountain Time Zone. Uh, Let's take a quick timeout when we come back. Jesse Newell is going to join the program next. Look forward to visiting with him about the Kansas City Chiefs as they get ready for preseason game number two against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk with him next here on the Morning Blitz.
2: Missing your NFL team's out-of-market games? Not a great plan. A much better plan? Switch to my plan from Verizon and get NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV on us with eligible phone purchase and Unlimited Plus. That's a value of up to $449. Get every out-of-market game every Sunday afternoon. Switch to my plan at your Verizon store today. And for a limited time, get NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV on us with eligible phone purchase and Unlimited Plus. It's your Verizon. $449 value applies to NFL Sunday ticket season 23-24 only. Additional terms and embargoes apply to NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube. No refunds.
1: Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm
0: Cookie Serratos, and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay,
1: Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze Fruit-On-The-Go Pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out the best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products
2: range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving.
1: Here's the latest news
0: from the field of agriculture on the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network.
1: For the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network, I'm Austin McNorton. The Ranchland Trust of Kansas exceeded a fundraising goal over the last two months. Kansas Livestock Association Scarlett Hagan says the money raised will help preserve Kansas prairies.
0: RTK's 2420 Summer Match Challenge was a great success thanks to donations made during the months of June and July. The goal was to match $20,000 to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the organization. Donations from the matching challenge totaled $49,540, which exceeds this year's goal and last year's total. These contributions help make the Ranchland Trust of Kansas's mission to preserve the state's ranching heritage and open spaces for future generations through conservation of working landscapes a reality. RTK would like to thank all supporters and friends who made contributions during June and July. A special thanks goes to the donors who led the match for the Summer Challenge, including Innovative Livestock Services, Carolyn Gresser, Kelly and Tanja Harrison, David and Jeanette Loftus, Dave and Wendy Webb and Greg and Dinah Wingfield. Since 2003, the Ranchland Trust of Kansas has been working in cooperative agreement with voluntary ranchers and conservation partners to create perpetual conservation easements. These partnerships help not only the environment, wildlife, and ecosystems of Kansas, but aid land stewards in achieving successful financial goals for their operations and family. For more information on the organization and its work, go to ranchlandtrustofkansas.org. I'm Scarlett Hagins.
2: It's always growing season it's time to grow your profitability with fall sales deals on zimatic irrigation systems for a limited time get 24 months no payments that's two years deferred payment on fall delivery of a new zimatic pivot hurry your zimatic pivot will last for generations but this deal won't last long talk to your local dealer about more offers and incentives today or go to lindsay.com forward slash let's go to claim your offer it's always growing season
0: let's go it's time to break out with Maristem's new Biology's Fertility System. Consider taking $30 from your traditional fertilizer spend. One, follow harvest with Excavator powered by Microbolize to break down residue and unlock nutrients. Two, manage nitrogen with Biofriendly Maintain or In Gear Dual Action. Three, plant with Revline Hopper Throttle powered by Biocapsule Technology to finally deliver
1: live microbes to build massive roots and make nutrients more available. Fight back and
0: learn more at MaristemAg.com.
2: Midwest Energy begins charging demand rates for residential customers on January 1st, 2024. In August, Midwest is sending all residential customers a mailer explaining demand rates. Participate in the Summer Demand Challenge and you'll learn how appliance use impacts demand and be entered to win one of 50 $50 Visa gift cards. Learn more about demand rates at mwenergy.com under the Residential tab. Midwest Energy, a customer owned Cooperative, making energy work for you. Ranchland.com is your go-to source for buying and selling land. I'm Craig Townsend, broker with Mason & Morris Ranch Company. As America's leading land brokerage, focusing on farms and ranches, lifestyle luxury estates, and recreational hunting and fishing properties, Mason & Morris Ranch Company offers a comprehensive understanding from water rights to land management and everything in between. Find me, Craig Townsend, a fifth generation farm and rancher
0: at ranchland.com to see why at Mason & Morris Ranch Company, we live it to know it. You're tuned in to the morning bliss. All they do is sit around and talk on 102.5 U Rock and the Rocking M app. Shout out
1: to listener Ben. He's a winner of Day of the Dead instant tickets. Still got a couple more to give away. Just text in the word dead to seven eight five eight nine nine twenty two twenty two. Text in That or any questions you might have for our guest who joins us now on the program. That is Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star covering the Kansas City Chiefs. Good morning, Jesse. How are you doing today?
2: Doing great, Ross. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing well. I cannot complain. The sun is out, but it's going to be extremely hot. And I know you're a big fan of the heat. I am. I'm not. I'm more of a cool weather guy myself. Not cold, but cool. So
2: Yeah, I guess the uh, temperatures are going to rival where I'm going today, which is Phoenix, which uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't be happening in Kansas about this time, but, uh, well, you know, it happens sometimes, I guess.
1: Yeah, you'll have to tell – but that's a dry heat, so they say, you know. That's a dry <laughs> heat. Uh, everybody, which,
2: everybody tells me that, and I just say, you know, 120 is 120, guys, you know. I mean, that's still, <laughs> still legit. Y-
1: you know, I had grandparents who owned a house down there, so I've been down there many a times in the Phoenix metro area, the Valley of the Sun. And I've even been down there in the summer a couple times. It really is amazing when you wake up, you know, it's 4 o'clock in the morning and it is 98 degrees outside. I mean, it is pretty amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a place, uh, you know, if and when I move down there someday when I'm really old and and cranky and don't want to see any snow anymore, it'll be. um, Just remember the winters. You know, the winters are very nice. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Uh, Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star joining us here. Uh, Jesse, what were your initial takeaways from the first preseason game? I know that was almost over a week ago, or so close to a week ago, but the first takeaways from that preseason game, both good and bad for the for the, uh, for the the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, the bad was obviously just the first team. I mean, you really couldn't have gone much worse. The Saints kind of did what they wanted. They marched down the field. The Chiefs stalled on their drive. Couldn't get the fourth and one play while they still kind of fit through it options when it comes to quarterback sneaks and what they want to do and then the Saints got it got it again and marched down again so Chiefs were down 14 nothing with their first unit in there and Andy Reid even said afterwards it, it wasn't good enough I mean you know preseason games are preseason games you, you don't have to win them for it to be a success all those sorts of things but I think it does put just a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs for this game coming up tomorrow in Arizona just to, to get some good vibes going you know to feel like you can put some stuff together. I know Patrick Mahomes is very fiery on the sideline. One guy to bring emotion, energy. I mean, you got to realize, Rasta, you know, it's the Chiefs. The last game they played was the Super Bowl, and then you play a preseason game against the Saints. It's just, it's not the same intensity. But Patrick Mahomes is the leader that he is. He kind of was trying to get through to the guys that he wanted to have that intensity and wanted them to still remain engaged because if the Chiefs don't bring their best in any the game, they are going to get beat by. It. Teams that are very now hungry to come out and beat them. Not some of the positives came in the second string, third string. You know, uh, Shane Bichelle, one of the backup quarterbacks, looked pretty good. Uh, Nico Ramihio, one of the undrafted rookies, had a good game, even though he got injured in camp this week. But there were some performances from that second unit that kind of speaks to the depth the Chiefs have and potentially some tough roster decisions they're going to have to make. But like I said, most people are going to be watching the starters. They especially will in this game coming up tomorrow. Uh, against the the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, I think Andy Reid, along with a lot of other people, would would love for the first unit to look a little bit better on both sides of the ball, so they have some confidence going into the first game.
1: You mentioned the depth. I mean, wide receiver wise, it's kind of it's not, it was kind of a no name wide receiver core, but honestly, they look pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's it's the contradiction we've talked about sort of this whole off season, which is if you just say how good are the Chiefs receivers, you would say. It's, Bottom half of the NFL, for sure. You know, maybe even lower than that. But if you just uh, said depth-wise, what do they look like? You know, at five and six and seven spot or four, five, six, seven, it is pretty good. And then you start to look at this. Andy Reid never kept seven receivers on a 53-man roster. And right now, I don't know how he doesn't keep seven just because of of the end of the roster. And guys like Justin Ross, who I I don't think are going to pass through waivers. I mean, if you put him on waivers, some team is going to poach him and, and take him away based off of some of the things that he's shown in training camp. Now, you know, you hear Justin Ross, and we've seen some of the viral videos online. He makes these catches and people go crazy. I definitely temper expectations for him. He seems to me kind of like a, a red zone target at this point. He's behind some of the other guys, but I agree with you, Ross. Like there's enough guys on there. You talk about Richie James or Rasheed Rice, a rookie. You talk about Justin Watson, who's run a lot with the ones lately. Um, Kadarius Tony's been hurt, but they're expecting him back pretty soon. Um, guy more i mean he's my pick to make a huge leap this season if i was out there in a fantasy football draft um not full of chiefs fans you know but oh. definitely he's a guy you could look at you're making me so
1: happy right now because i already picked him uh,
2: <laughs> you already got it i there did oh well he's he's where i put the poker chip right now he's been a guy that they have treated like a starter he's gotten all the reps every single rep of the first team when they've had two receivers in there so he would be my pick other than travis kelsey to uh to be topped on the team in receiving yardage so um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, you talk about overall, how do you feel about the unit? Eh, you know, Patrick Holmes will make it work. But if you look down at the 5, 6, 7 spots of the roster on the receivers, they have more depth there than they have in other years. And So I think it's going to be really tough for the Chiefs to not keep seven receivers, even though that's something that Andy Reid has never done in his tenure with the Chiefs.
1: Uh, Jesse Newell, our guest from the Kansas City Star. You know, you've been covering the Chiefs now, camp for a couple of years. What, what's the difference in the mood, maybe the atmosphere, when it gets to be right now, we're in the kind of a, we're in week two of the preseason getting ready for week, we get done with week one, we make some adjustments from week one and get ready for week two. What, what's that like? What's that feel like? And what does it look like?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, thank God for the players and I think the rest of us. Uh, camp just ended, you know, it ended yesterday. And it is a grind to go to St. Joseph, uh, for those guys to live in dorm rooms, you know, to, to be around each other. But the real grind is then you go play a preseason game. On the road, you kind of get out of it. You feel like you step out of the bubble, and then you return back to St. Joseph for another week of practice. So uh, you could tell some of the guys are chippy. Uh, A couple days ago, Travis Kelsey got another shoving match with some defensive players. This is the third time that's happened for him this preseason. But you just sort of get it. I mean, like the guys are tired. They don't want to be around each other anymore. It's hot some days in St. Joseph. You're in the dorm room. I mean, it it gets pretty old, and this is why they talk about Andy Reid training camp being as tough as any in the NFL but you know we just talked to him this past week in a kind of a beat writer meeting in his RA office at Missouri Western where he's watching film and stuff like that and he's still old school he loved it he loved that the guys get away uh but, you know St. Joseph is kind of remote a little bit it's, it's close enough to Kansas City but but kind of away from some of the distractions and he said that he liked that guys go out and they go out to eat together you know um Patrick Mahomes on a certain night he rents out the il Lazarone pizza place and takes the whole team there, and they go eat. And Andrew is even saying, hey, you know, nowadays everybody kind of gets isolated on their phones, and that's how people communicate. But you sort of have to be face-to-face and talk to each other and and go out to eat and and go do things together. And so I think he likes that it builds that camaraderie, and he likes that the only focus up there is on football. But moving on from that, next week uh, they'll start practices back in Kansas City at the team facility. But this is kind of, um, you know, the dog day's, there's a few dog days in the calendar for the NFL season, which comes even you know later in October, November, December, when kind of the injuries pile up. But this is definitely the dog days of training camp where guys have been around each other a lot, have competed a lot, and now um, are ready to kind of see something different. And so that's the part of the schedule you get to now, and the Chiefs are preparing for the season. And here before, you know, just a couple weeks, a couple weeks away, um, we'll be kicking this thing off for good.
1: Jesse Newell, the Kansas City Star with us here. You mentioned the toughness of training camp and how Andy Reid is very hard. There was an article that came out today on The Athletic talking exactly about how hard his training camps are, the toughest in the NFL, most people believe. You've watched it. What does that look like? What, what, and, and When you watch it, you're not out there running and sweating. and doing. You, know, you might be sweating, but you may not be out there running. Um, so what makes it really difficult in your opinion?
2: Oh, I'm definitely sweating, yeah, but I'm in a tent sipping on Coke Zero. I'm not in there, <laughs> out there at the um, I, I just think it's intentional. He does not take it easy on these guys. And you hear them talk about it throughout the season, which is, well, for one, if you go back to the record of Andy Reid in these openers, season openers, the Chiefs are really, really good uh, in, these, in these first games. Uh, again, that doesn't guarantee success against the Lions. doesn't mean that they're absolutely going to win, but they've been really good in these first games. You look back last year to the Arizona game, they completely overwhelmed the Cardinals in a game that was, um, you know, supposed to be somewhat competitive, and it was not uh, throughout the game. But I just think he makes them push through tough things. You know, it's, if, it's, if it's 95 degrees and a 105 degree heat index, those guys got the pads on, and they're going at it for two hours. And Andy Reid's like, you're going to get your work in, and, and everybody's going to push through this together, and guys get chippy, and they start kind of jawing each other, and They don't like when the ball's being punched out a little bit late or whatever, but he just makes you push through it. And everybody's in that together. And so I I just think the Chiefs don't – they don't – this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Patrick Mahomes on the sideline in the Saints game. Like, they just don't take any part of this season for granted. You know, it would be easy to coast. It would be easy to say, ah, you know, the work's good enough for today. Uh, You know, move on to the next day. And I think what happens at some of these team facilities – at least probably what the Chiefs believe, is things get a little cushy. You know what I mean? Like you're in your own house, and you got your kids around you, and you uh, you're you got your pool, and it, just, it doesn't feel like training camp because you're not getting away to go work on football. And he forces them to go through difficult situations in the heat. Sometimes, sometimes the rain, he'll make them practice in the rain, go through difficult things together in a place that's unfamiliar, to get them out of their comfort zone so that they are ready for the season. So I think that's what it looks like to me. And he just – on certain days where you could see, like, okay, it's the NFL, it's a professional league, let's take it easy on them, let's just, you know, let's back off, ease off a little bit. They don't they do not do that. Now, I think Andy has a good finger on the pulse. There was one time where after, like, the second day of a consecutive fight, third day, they, they went easy. So they, they backed it off to make sure that the whole team wasn't in mutiny. But he pushes them to the limit, and I think that has shown to be – hopeful for them in the regular season and especially early in the regular season where they push through difficult things because they've been through difficult things and that's the starts in St. Joseph and Missouri Western at training camp.
1: Jesse Newell again with the Kansas City Start. Okay looking to this game against the Cardinals I mean what is a couple things you hope you see that makes you feel like uh, that, that will tell you as a man who watches practice that hey you know what they took a step here in game two?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, well, a couple of things. You know, we broke down um, on our site uh, with our details video talking about the two new tackles for the Chiefs who, overwhelmingly, had pretty had pretty good camps, and people are raving about them. Especially Donovan Smith, who they got for super cheap on the left side. He's a guy from the the Buccaneers who has been kind of progressing throughout his career, and then last year battled through injuries and played through them, and had, you know, the worst grades of his career. But he's looked really good, but. Um, on the right side especially, Jawan Taylor had some struggles in the run game, and run blocking, getting his guy blocked, and kind of shutting off those runs, so I think it would be good to see improvement one, game one to game two with that, from them to get the running game going a little bit better. Talked with Andy Heck, their offensive line coach, and I asked him about Jawan Taylor's run blocking, and he didn't single out Jawan Taylor, but you could tell he was talking about him when saying, hey, yeah, some of those assignments need to be um, executed better. I would just say defensively, there were too many breakdowns in the secondary, and we talked with Dave Merritt earlier this week, the secondary coach, and he wants a guy to emerge out of Jalen Watson and, and Joshua Williams for that third cornerback role, but nobody's done it yet. He seems kind of kind of peeved that that hasn't happened yet, that those both guys are both kind of competing and maybe going a little bit back to some of their old ways from a rookie, from the rookie year a year ago where uh, falling back into bad habits. But even having said that, you know, Brian Cook and uh, Trent McDuffie kind of were out of position in a couple spots. It was, not, it was just not a good opener uh, for the Chiefs when it came to uh, going against the Saints and being able to um, allow a team to basically march down the field twice against you. Maybe some encouraging signs on the defensive line, too. You know, if they get more out of Felix and Uzama, their first-round pick, you feel a lot better about the start of the season because, you know, right now Chris Jones is still holding out. You'd assume he's going to show up very soon uh, to get paid this year on the last year of a deal with the Chiefs, but... Uh, they also have Charles Menehu, who's going to be out for the first six games because of a suspension. So any positive contributions they can get, especially from a guy like Felix on the defensive line, you feel a lot better about their chances early in the season just because uh, that has been a, a spot where we have seen that they've definitely been missing Chris Jones and they're going to be missing one of their best players in the Menahu. If other guys can fill in for those first six weeks, uh, you feel a lot better about their chances, a lot better about their prospects going in the first couple months of the season.
1: You mentioned Chris Jones. You kind of gave an update there, but what are your thoughts and feelings? Do you think there he's going to be back <laughs> in time for the season here? And and honestly, there's there's plenty of guys around the league that are still doing this. I mean, you know, Josh Jacobs at the Oakland Raiders. So there's there's plenty of guys around the league that are holding out. Do you think we'll see him and these other guys make it to camp? Just be you know, there, just trying to work their way around camp and not have to be there.
2: Yeah. So so it's important to know Chris Jones is in the last year of his deal, and his deal is very lucrative this year. Um, so. You know, all of this has sort of been about he wants to get a long-term deal done with the Chiefs, and that's what the whole holdout board is paying $50,000 a day to not be there with the Chiefs. That's why he's getting fined. But let's just, I mean, here, here's the point I want to make. Like, if he is, let's just say he is only interested in money, which, again, if people are, if, if, if that's the case, that's fine. Like, I mean, obviously anybody out there would love to get raised. But if he is just only interested in making the most amount of money possible, his best move is to report to the Chiefs very soon, probably next week with the Chiefs, get acclimated, you know, get in football game shape, be ready for game one, and then just completely ball out this year. Because if that scenario happens, he's going to get paid huge bucks next year with whatever team signs him, and it's probably not going to be the Chiefs. But the problem for him is if he continues to hold out, continues to hold out, keeps himself out of games, misses you know, more practices and potentially game checks, not only are you costing yourself this year, but when you come back, the studies have shown that you're more likely to get injured and or you're not going to be as productive as you potentially could be if you were ready to go for the season. So at some point, the Chiefs and Chris Jones, it looks like maybe this long-term deal just won't get done. But the best thing for Chris Jones, if you're just looking from a money perspective, is for him to come back to the Chiefs, go to practice, get himself ready for week one, and then just have an amazing season like he did last year, and then he'll get paid with somebody else next year. That's his own self-best interest. So um, if that comes to fruition, I'd expect him back next week with the Chiefs when they start training camp, or not training camp, they start practices back at Arrowhead. And he didn't have to go to St. Joseph. Maybe that was worth it for him. And if he does that and still produces for the Chiefs the level he did last year, the Chiefs will be plenty happy with that. Chris Jones should be plenty happy with that. And most likely he'll be making a whole lot of money next year with a team that's other than the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Don't you wish you could skip work for a couple weeks and then come back and, you know, make bunches of money?
2: Not for $1 million. Nope, not Ross. Nope, not that, <laughs> nope. Do not wish on
1: that. Nope. Uh, Jesse Newell, Kansas Star. Jesse, as always, thank you for the time and the insight. Safe travels to the wonderful city of Phoenix. Uh, stay cool and get back safely. All right. Sounds good, Ross. Appreciate it. Once again, great stuff there from Jesse Newell. Of the uh, Kansas City Star, always good information on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I- I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm intrigued to see which guys that are holding out are going to make it back. I-, I guess I totally get it. You know what? I'm just gonna I think I'll just uh, you know get out of here and not have to go to training camp and deal with all the hard times. Like you know Jesse was talking about very well. You know, it's difficult going to training camp, and especially with Andy Reid, and it's probably really hard for big guys. You know, getting into shape and. Being out in the heat and, you know, you're constantly colliding with somebody else in drills or in scrimmages. And if you can just skip all that and get to the point where you're just practicing ready for the real-time games, uh, that's probably what you want to do. And that's maybe that's what Chris Jones is doing and others are doing as well around the league, holding out, trying to get new deals and just trying to save their bodies to put together a big season. All right, we're about 10 minutes to the top there. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap the show with some thoughts on uh, Rockies and Royals and a few final thoughts next year on this Friday edition of The Morning Blitz.
2: At Next Tech Wireless, it's wireless on your terms. You pick a 36-, 24-, or 18-month agreement and get a device on us like the iPhone 14 or the new Google Pixel 7. Stuck in a contract with your current provider? Switch now and get up to $1,000 per line. For more details, stop by your nearest Nextech Wireless location today or call or text our customer care team at 877-621-2600. Nextech Wireless, home on the range.
0: Join in the fun at the Sunflower Festival in downtown Colby, Kansas on August 26th. You can shop the booths on the bricks, the downtown store specials, look at all the gorgeous vehicles in the show and shine. Grab a meal at the food trucks and cheer on your friends and events, all for free. Don't stay home, come down to Colby on August 26th and don't forget, the night ends with a free street dance. Text the word Sunflower, 785-460-0790. Have you heard? The Burlington Home Center is now at your Burlington Home Store. After these recent icky big storms, well, yes, we needed that moisture. Rest assured, your Burlington Home Store has plenty of home and business repair needs, including your windows, doors, siding, and to top it all off, your roofing needs. They have the tools you need too, all at your Burlington Home Store on West Highway 24. The Farmer State Bank of
2: Oakley has been financing agriculture since the day we opened our doors. Hello, this is Corbin and we are proud to be your locally owned partner in ag. We invite you to come and visit with us when you need to purchase new or used farm equipment or need any type of agriculture or business loan. We have the knowledge, experience and financial resources to keep you growing. The Farmer's State Bank of Oakley, a tradition of community and agriculture for over 115 years. Member FDIC. The Dell Technologies Back to School event is on with deals on top tech for class, hobbies and more. Now, when you buy, you support a cause. With every eligible purchase, Dell will donate to UNICEF in support of Giga, a UNICEF ITU global initiative to connect schools across the globe to the internet. Accidental damage protection included. Get rare deals on select laptops and desktops powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Save now at dell.com/deals. UNICEF does not endorse any company brand product or service.
0: Welcome to the Maverick Half Minute. The first day of classes is August 14th. Dorm move-in will be from August 10th through the 12th, and welcome week will be from August 14th through the 17th. We have many things planned, including a jalapeno eating contest, pool party, water balloon fight, and a main street crawl. Check your email or social media for full schedules. For more information, call or text us at 785-890-3641.
2: Are you getting all the discounts you're entitled to on your home and auto insurance? Multi-car, multi-policy, common loss deductible, remodel credits, are just a few options available? Do you have a special circumstance requiring insurance coverage? We might be able to help with that also. Check with the girls at the insurance agency at 1020 Main Street in Goodland or call 785 899 5011. We offer coverage from several companies to best suit your insurance needs. Call or stop by and talk to Roxanne, Susan, or Judy for all your insurance needs.
0: It's the Morning Blitz. Hey guys,
2: you ready to let the dogs out?
0: Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central on 1025 U Rock and the Rocking M app. Oh!
1: The wind is nobody's friend today, and that's going to be off the top of the wall and gone.
0: And Velasquez has another home run as a Royal.
1: About five minutes left to go in our program today. Thanks again to Jesse Newell for the... Stop by conversation. Great stuff from him on the Kansas City Chiefs. Once again, the Chiefs play the Cardinals. That's Saturday night, 7 Central. You can listen to it on 100.3 The Ride. Uh, news in baseball yesterday. Royals lose again. For the third consecutive game, the Kansas City Royals lose a late one. The Royals, after coming from behind to beat the Mariners in Game 1 of this four-game series 7-6... to six, back on Monday, dropped three consecutive games over the next three days in come-for-behind fashion from the Mariners. Remember, the Royals, uh, I guess, kind of came back, tied it up at 8 back on Tuesday. Mariners scored two runs on the top of the 10th and win that one 10-8. Uh, the Mariners come back and beat them in Thursday, or sorry, in Wednesday's game 6-5, and the Royals once again had a lead but blew it in the 8th inning on just a gargantuan three-run bomb off of Julio Rodriguez. He absolutely tattooed it over to left field, uh, driving in three runs and making it 5-4. They got an insurance run in the ninth to make it 6-4, the final score, but the Royals had the lead. Uh, they got on there with a big sixth inning. About uh, three runs in the bottom of the sixth was the difference. Carlos Hernet was the what helped got the Royals the lead, and then the three runs in the eighth gave it away. Carlos Hernandez takes the loss, but really it was the last three guys that pitched for the Royals, the last two innings of work. Tyler Hearn, uh, McMillan, and Hernandez, those guys there combined to give up just three hits, but in the process, four runs. Uh, also had one walk, three strikeouts between those three guys. Uh, did not was not good. Good to see Jackson Kowar, though, former top pick for the Royals in the pitch department, come up, go an inning in the third. One hit, one walk, but three strikeouts. I like that. I, Jackson Kowar, he was a super pitcher at Florida. Got to be better. Got to be better. Offensively, Bobby Witt continues to rake. Two of four runs scored. Two hits for uh, the newest addition, Nelson Velazquez to the roster. The former Cub uh, now playing for the Royals, looking pretty good. Two for four, two runs scored, including that RB, that homer that you heard in the highlight there. And then MJ Melendez out there going a two for four as well. Been an up and down year for MJ Melendez. Would like to see more out of him, that's for sure. A
0: three-run walk-off home run. A game-winning walk-off with a walk-off. His second walk-off hit of the season. In walk-off fashion.
1: Speaking of Nelson Velasquez, him and his Royals are going to face off against Velasquez's former team this weekend. The Hot Cubs come in, or are at home hosting the Royals this weekend, beginning this afternoon, early first pitch time of 1.20 Central Time. You can hear Cubs and Royals on AM 790 KXXX tonight and all weekend long. As for the Royals and the Rockies, well, sorry, as for the Rockies, I should say, they play the White Sox weekend series against the Pale Hoes beginning tonight at 6.40 sent uh, 640 Mountain Time Listen on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State Uh, also K-State basketball quickly their playing time in Israel Abu Dhabi is done yesterday they lost to Mexico that game got over just after the show got over yesterday they lost 83-81 Tyler Perry 18 points on 5 of 10 from behind the arc really good Naquan Tomlin had 15 points 11 from Cam Carter 10 from freshman Michaela Rich, who's looked pretty good uh, and then they just got done playing this morning, and it's so we got on the air, they were taking on the uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, select team, and they won handily, like 110-plus to 70-something. They dominated. So they go 2-1 and one in their trip over to Israel and Abu Dhabi to Jerome Tang's group, and I think they're still there, though, for a couple more days. I think they're there through the weekend to do some sightseeing and some touring and I think they're going to watch Team USA, which is over there getting ready for the FIBA World Cup. They're going to watch some of that as well, I read. So it should be a fun time. Fun time traveling and doing fun things. Of course, don't forget Chiefs and Broncos on Saturday on 100 Point Through the Ride and 1025 U Rock. Everyone, have yourself a great weekend. Stay cool. Be well. We'll see you back here on Monday in the Blitz.